You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 318. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today's episode is a little bit different. When you go through Macros 101, after you finish Macros 101, you have the option to come and join our Biceps After Babies coaching community. This is a community of women who are continuing on their journey and want support and coaching and help in that process. And so we have coaching calls with these clients and because they've already done Macros 101, they're a little bit deeper into the process, we get to go a little bit deeper with their mindset, with the coaching and with the content that I kind of bring to them and and present. And so that's super fun for me and and for the group. Uh, And so we just had a coaching call this last week and had a really great conversation at the beginning of the coaching call that I thought would be really fun to bring, come and bring and put on the podcast. And it was, I I kind of presented these three phases, which I I talk about often in our our coaching community, these three phases. And as you listen, you'll likely be able to kind of identify, oh, I'm currently in the disorganized phase, or I'm in the control phase, or I'm in the trust phase. Those are the three phases that I talk about. And, you know, my goal is to get all of my clients to the trust phase. And, uh, you know, macros can be a way station. Macros can be a, a bridge that helps people go from feeling out of control with food, feeling like feel, food controls them, feeling very emotional about food and feeling like there's a lot of morality and good and bad tied up in food. Macros can be a really great bridge to helping you get out of that disorganized phase and feel a lot more in control with yourself, with your body, with your food. And that is a really great feeling for a lot of people. But I'm always really clear to point out that that is a way station. It is not the end destination that I want for all of my clients. The end destination that I want for all my clients is to get to a place of trust, a place where you can trust yourself, where you can trust your body, where you can trust the food that you're eating, and you can trust yourself to make really good decisions around food. And that it doesn't have to be this hyper-focused, hyper-control, but we can get to this area of trust. And that takes time. You know, like I can teach someone macros and get them to a place of feeling more in control with their food and with their body fairly quickly inside of Macros 101. But that transition from, you know, feeling in control to to trust can be a longer process. And so again, that that's getting to phase three is a, is a lot more of what like we work on in that in our coaching community after Macros 101. Um, so anyway, I, I brought this concept to our community and to the coaching call, and we had a really good conversation about the difference between control and trust. And I thought, man, this would be such a good topic to kind of bring to the podcast, because I think as you listen, again, you'll be able to identify currently which phase you are. And you can kind of see, hey, what's the next phase that I can um, be working towards to be able to continue to further my my journey and improve my relationship with food and my relationship with myself. At the end of the day, 
a lot of what I'm doing is, is, you know, teaching around food and around macros, but at the end of the day, a lot of it is improving that relationship with ourself and developing that trust with ourself and, and being able to step into a place of ownership and empowerment in our own lives. And that's really what gets me fired up and what I love to help women do. So without further ado, let's jump into this conversation about the difference between control and trust. All right. Welcome. Welcome to today's coaching call. Happy Valentine's Day. I just realized I like am not at all Valentine's <laughs> decked out. <laughs> I thought I would have time this morning and then our doctor called in a prescription for my son and I like spent way more time than I wanted to at the pharmacy this morning. And so a little behind on what I thought I would be able to accomplish this morning and thinking about Valentine's Day and like dressing in red was not on. <laughs> not on that. So I hope that you guys have a good Valentine's Day though. Um, it's good to be here with you. Um, before we dive into coaching, I've just been thinking about a couple of things and I just thought we'd kind of riff for a little bit. Um, I'm curious in hearing some of your guys's wisdom on this topic. So one of the things that I have talked about on calls before that I'm, um, really trying to flesh out a little bit more and and figure out ways to help clients make their way through these phases are the three phases that I talk about a lot. Um, most of you are at least on phase two and some of you are on phase three. So let me back up. What I'm talking about is the three phases of kind of like disorganization, um, control, and trust. And you may have heard me talk about these, these phases before, but I, uh, a lot of clients come to me in like this disorganization phase, like a stage one phase where they're coming and they feel very out of control with the food. They feel very out of control with their body. There is often this belief that my body is broken. My body doesn't work. I can't figure anything out. Everything I try doesn't work. Like I can't stick to anything. Um, I can't control my food. And it's this very like disorganized feeling. And I feel like many of you have been able to move. And maybe some of you, I'm actually curious how many of you felt, feel like before you came into macros 101, that's where you were at? Like put, put a one in the chat. If you can relate to that, that feeling, is that you? It may, may not be you and that's okay. I'm just curious for those of you listening, do you feel like you started in that like disorganized? I don't know what's working. Like I can't, I can't have it. I don't have any control of my food. I just kind of eat. And, um, there's, there's no, you know, organization to it. Okay. Some of you guys can relate to that. Um, and then I feel like there is a transition that happens where we can help clients to move from that feeling. It's like a disempowered feeling to this feeling of finally having some control in their life. And it's this feeling of, um, I can make a plan and stick to it at least some of the time. <laughs> um, it's this feeling of, I, uh, understand the food that I'm putting in my body that I'm, that I, I I'm more familiar with it. Um, it's this feeling of, uh, I have, you know, some control with what I'm eating. Like I'm making some, in, at least some intentional choices when it comes to, I'm going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that. Um, I feel like a lot of clients spend quite a bit of time in this phase. And many of you may feel like you're still in this, in this phase too, where you're, sometimes you feel in control and sometimes you still slip into that, like disorder feeling out of control. Um, how many of you guys feel like Put a two in the chat if you feel like you're in this phase where it's like, sometimes I had this feeling of control and other times I still feel that like out of control. Um, like I'm, maybe I'm not making intentional choices. Jamie, I like it. Jamie's putting up a two. <laughs> uh, two. Okay. Yeah. So I would say, um, 
Yeah. Many of you may feel like you're in this stage and there's a lot of work to be done in this stage of, um, stripping away judgment that comes with a lot of the food narratives that we have around our food, um, of getting into that place of making an active decision instead of a passive one. I think that's a really powerful, um, pattern that a lot of people, yes, Sarah, that's a really good way to describe it. White knuckle control. Um, I think that is, um, can be a way that we can feel that control. It's like a, it's a, it's a feeling of control at some points, but there's a, there's still a, an out of feel, a feeling of out of control at the same time. It's like you're white knuckling it sometimes, not all the time, but maybe sometimes. Okay, great. So, um, then what is a stage three? So to me, a stage three, and this is where I am like pushing and working to get my clients to is this place and this feeling of trust. So then what the question becomes like, what is the difference between control and trust? And I want to pose that as a question to you. And I actually want to like start a little bit of a dialogue on a conversation. Um, so I want you to think about that, that question I just asked. And then if you, you want to like raise your hand and let's like have a discussion about it. What do you see as the difference between control and trust? Who has any thoughts? Sheridan? Yeah. Okay. So it's funny because I feel like I have, I, it's kind of like, I don't have a complete difference, but like, for instance, if there's, if I have healthy things in my home, I trust that I will eat them. And like, I have, I feel like I can trust that, but like over the holidays, when people then bring me a plate of cookies, I then have no, I feel like then I, have to use control, but honestly don't have much control. So I'm, but I, I have that difference. We're like, yeah, I trust, I trust how I eat. I trust my body, but then I can get thrown that thing where I'm like, okay, good. I, so, can I ask you a yeah. question about this? Yeah, for sure. What do you feel is the qualitative difference in your experience with the healthy food that you trust yourself to eat? And when somebody drops off food, and you don't look like qualitatively, what is that yeah. experience and how is it different? Well, I think for me, like I can be very, it feels still maybe more like control, but like, for instance, yesterday I could have gone to pick up a prescription, but I'm like, if I go there, it's right next to the place where I love those cookies. And today I probably go by the cookies. So I'm just going to get the prescription tomorrow. So I feel like I'm still on that edge. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the qualitative difference is I can trust myself. Like I trusted my intuition to say, yeah, I'm not going to go there today mm -hmm. because I don't quite have that control today, but hope or yesterday, but hopefully today I will, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I know there's a difference. I'm not totally in the trust yet, but it, whereas if somebody just brings it to me and I'm not, I haven't prepared. So when I planned mm. and I follow my plan, I trust myself. Yes. And okay. So I, I think you landed on something that's really valuable to kind of, for you guys to think about is I, I do think this is a stepping stone is there is an element of, um, like, I feel like trust in uncertain situations is a higher level than maybe trust in a planned situation. And I think many of us can get to that place of trust in a very controlled planned situation. And that's a good stepping stone. And if you can kind of say, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Sheridan. It's like, if it's controlled, if it's planned, I trust myself. And it, then that next phase, that next level is like trust in an unplanned situation. And that maybe is a little bit harder. Okay. Yeah. 
Good. Uh, Lauren and then Sarah. Hello. Hey. Sorry, I'm making lunch. Um, but I kind of would land. So in me, where I find the difference between control and trust is uh, what I think of trust. My first instinct is not having to plan in macros first. Mm -hmm. Like I can wake up, I can know, even though I eat the same breakfast every single day, Mm -hmm. I don't have to go to macros first and look at it and say, Oh, I want a snack. What can I fit in? It's more of like these food items that I have in my pantry fit and, but not using the word fit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just mm-hmm. natural, um, but also the ability to eat out as well. So like it, for Valentine's Day, for example, I don't have to wake up and say, oh, well, let's make this for dinner. Because if I go out to eat, then I have to plant, maybe I have to add not have yolks with my breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be like how I would define like trust. And then kind of like what um, previous lady said, same thing is like, it's all around the word plan to me. If I don't have the plan, then I'm in a feeling of. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe control is around um, a plan. And you said the word natural when you said trust. Yeah. So it's, it, it, there's like a natural aspect to it. Yeah. Like I don't have to take a second step back or pause in any way. It's mm-hmm. just like instinct. And I open up the fridge. I don't have to look at every single food group. Imagine what, you know, mm-hmm. fat carbs are within that and then go um, mm-hmm. and make a decision. That's good. Okay, cool. Thanks. Sarah. Um, mine's kind of different. I, or I guess in a lot of ways, it's very similar. I do not struggle with the food or eating part of it at all right now. So in that way, I feel like I'm very much in the three mm-hmm. zone. I have no problem with people having stuff around or I say, oh, I went off plan and that was that. was that. Okay, and I can get right back on board. No problem. So, but I think it's mine is like, while I've worked so hard on the food and uh, tracking for so long, now it's sort of uh, like, what do I do with how to like go beyond that, the, um, the fitness, like how do I trust when I'm tired? What day is the right day to take a day off entirely, or it's the right day to switch and go for a walk or not lift weights or so like, that's, again, it's the plan versus the trust, the white knuckle control. Like you don't take any days off ever Mm -hmm. because then it's just a slippery, you know, you, you have to press play at all times. So I feel like in a lot of ways, it is the same thing. It is the plan versus trust. Like I can trust myself to know what I need today mm-hmm. and at this time. So, and and I guess too, because I'm looking at my macros as I change them mm-hmm. and uh, switch them around. Like, uh, yeah, the trust, like my percentages of how many fats versus carb versus protein. So again, it's like, I want someone to just tell me where I should be and what my things are because it's new. And these changes are new. So it's like, you know, every time you have to stretch outside your bubble, mm-hmm. you have to be learn to grow that much again. So it is very much like the white knuckle control versus just trusting that it'll be okay. I'm curious. So I think, I think we all can label areas of our life where we feel like we have developed trust. Can you mm-hmm. all think of an area of your life where you have developed trust? And maybe it's getting dressed and like, matching clothes, you know, like that there's an area, like maybe it's, you go to the bathroom, 
and you trust yourself to go to the bathroom when you need to go to the bathroom, right? Like, like there is somewhere in your life that you likely have developed some aspect of trust with yourself. And Sarah, you kind of mentioned that maybe in the food realm, that's for you. You feel like you have that, uh, that trust. I'm curious, are there any things that you can label or experiences or um, ways that you've been able to get to that feeling of trust that you could apply in an area that maybe you're working on developing that trust? Um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's going to have to be giving myself permission to do trial and error mm. and to find it out. Um, like to believe that I'm at this spot, you know, I've, I've done this, I've, I've weighed my, I've done macros with you now, I want to say for a year. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I want to, like, I've done the weighing in the tracking and all of that. And I can see that these are like where my boundaries are and I, I know where my rails are. So with food, I can do that. And I think that that's learning how to establish that same sort of thing in other areas. So yes, I aim for this many steps a day, but realistically, given my autoimmune disease or these different things, maybe mine isn't going to look the same. And so it's like giving myself permission to maybe go use the same parameters, but personalize them for what is, what's going to be fit best for me. Not everyone is a homeschooling mom, not everyone has a job, you know, like there's, we all have so many different parameters. So how do we learn to establish our own mm-hmm. and then to trust those and to honor what our body's telling us we really need? Yeah. Yeah. You said a really important word. You said the word believe. And I think to, to bridge, cause, cause my, my mind is working on how do I help more clients bridge from a feeling of control to a feeling of trust? right? That's as a coach, that's, that's my brain and how I'm working. And I, I think that that bridge, I think we want to build a really nice, easy bridge where we can just take these really easy steps, um, that aren't scary and we can bridge and we can go from control to trust. And yet I think there is an element of faith in making the leap. I think it's almost like a little bit like a trust fall where at some point we have to let go a little bit and have a little bit of faith that we've developed the skills to catch ourselves. And, and this is where I think there's nothing wrong with a stage two. I think it is a, a, um, a progression that we, uh, we, all of us need to go through and that the stage two, we learn a lot like this. There's nothing wrong with planning, right? There's nothing wrong with having routines. There's nothing wrong with that. That is developing that skill. And yet at some point, there's a little bit of a having to have a little faith and a letting go of saying, I've developed the skills and now I, and now I'm going to put it into practice. Um, mm-hmm. And so I love that you use that word believe Sarah, because I think that can be the hardest thing. Like the letting go can be the hardest thing. And there's a little bit of faith. There's a little bit of belief that has to be behind it for us to have that willingness to let go of that hyper-focus on control and, and go into that next stage of, of trust. Yeah. Yeah. I think it also comes like with having a long term picture Mm. that, you know, the life's going to have curveballs. We're going to have lots of unexpected events. Mm -hmm. And so allowing for those, having that long-term picture, like well, my weight has, whatever reason it's gone up, that doesn't mean I've gained and it's bad, but that like this, okay, so I'm going to give myself this week to normalize again. And I think that's been one of the biggest parts in getting out of the food stuck in level two for the food is this big long-term, mm. yeah. uh, 
vision of what, you know, this is something, can I sustain this for the rest of my life and still feel at home in my body? So Mm -hmm. I think that was the big thing. Angela, did you have something to add? Um, Well, you know, my question was this week to you was Mm -hmm. directly about this exact topic. Yeah. And it's sort of, um, is it's a false sense of security, right? Being able to count your macros and work your macros and and all of that, which is lovely and wonderful. And you can get results of it and you can meal prep all you want and work the system, so to speak. Right. But then where's the flexibility in it? If you're in, if you are unable to be flexible, then do you really trust yourself? That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's really the question, which is where macros, of course, can work for you because it can allow that flexibility. But are you willing to go to to level up, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and be able to really work the system? That's exactly it. Yes. I love this. the, The I love that you said control gives us a false sense of security. Um, and I think in the, in the comments, um, you know, Pam says control feels like white luck knuckling. Um, and Darla said like control feels like rules to follow. So it's a little bit of a false sense of security. Again, I think it is more secure than the disorganized phase that a lot of people come from. It's a lot like parenting from the standpoint is as your kids get older, you know, when, when our kids are young, you know, you are managing everything for them. And you don't want their, to them to stick their finger in a light socket because of course, you know, there will be a detrimental effect there. As they get older, you're of course worried about other, other things. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a sort of false sense of security in some ways of being able to control all these yes. aspects of their life. I think yep. parenting is a great, um, it, it's really a great parallel there. And, and some parents never get out of that trying to control their children, right? That, that is, um, and that causes a problem. If you, if we have parents who are overbearing and trying to always control their children, especially into that adult phase. Um, but there is this like letting go and trusting that what you've done as a parent and the foundations you've laid that, that, that child can take and run with them. And that, again, it is that letting go, uh, and, and that stepping in that place of trust. Um, so you know, I open up this conversation, um, not because we're going to solve it or we're going to fix it, or you're going to figure it out on this call. But what I want you to do is I want you to start thinking about that. I think it can be very helpful to, first of all, place our, ourselves in a stage. Am I stage one? Am I stage two? Am I stage three? And then asking ourselves, what is, what would need to happen for me to move to the next stage? What's preventing me from moving to the next stage? And usually, especially moving from a stage two to a stage three, the question usually needs to be, what do I need to let go of to move to a stage three? And, and that's, and that's ironic because moving from a stage one to a stage two is often about adding behaviors and about doing things differently. And moving from a stage two to a stage three is a lot of times about letting go. That's where the element of faith comes in, the element of belief, uh, the element of I've, I've trained myself (laughs) to this point. Um, so what do I need to let go of to start to progress towards that next stage? And so that's the question I want you guys to be thinking of and, and mulling over. And if you want some coaching on it, we're happy to, you know, 
dig in a little deeper with this, but it's just been something that I've been thinking about. And so I'm like, let's bring it to the call and let's, let's chat about it a little bit on the call because I think it's, it is making sure that we're continuing to keep the end destination in view. The end destination in view is not for you to be hyper fixated. Like Angela said, it's not to be hyper fixated, hyper controlled, super rigid, super rule oriented and driven. Like that's not the end goal. That's maybe a way station, but the end goal is to ultimately get to the place where you trust yourself, where you can make decisions on the fly, where it doesn't have to be planned for you to feel successful. And that's where I'm hoping and working to be able to, to get you guys and um, hopefully hearing from some of your community members gives you some things to think about uh, on that same vein as well. I hope that was thought-provoking and that maybe you are seeing things in a different light and have an idea of maybe what some of the next steps are that can move you forward to that place of either control as a way station or a place of trust with yourself and with your body, because that's ultimately the place that I want to be able to get everybody who works with me is, is to be able to really trust themselves. That is the name of the game. We don't want to hyper control everything for the rest of our lives. It is about developing that trust. And like I said, control can be a way station. Macros and counting macros is a really great way to get out of the disorganized phase. And then we have to get into that phase of trust. And a lot of that comes down to the coaching aspect that we do is how we, how we get those clients to, to phase over into really starting to trust themselves, to own their decisions and to know that they can make good decisions in whatever circumstance they find themselves in. This, my friends, is the work. I can teach you about macros. I can teach you about reverse dieting. I can teach you all the education sciencey stuff. And that's part of the process. But really when we start to dig into it and we start to get into the coaching and we start to get into how you're making decisions and how you're thinking about things, this is where the rubber meets the road and transformation really takes place. It's the things that I love to talk about. And it's the things that you can expect if you come join me in the free five-day challenge starting next Monday. So if you haven't yet, go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash challenge. And if you liked this kind of topic and talking about the things that are really going to make macro counting stick, that's really going to help you to make that transition to feeling better in your clothes, better in your body, more control and trust with yourself. That's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about during the challenge. So we start on Monday, February 26th, go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash challenge, and you can get yourself registered and I will see you there. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hey, friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And, you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.